Well, well coach, I... let's let's try to make some headlines on d3hoops.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to admit, coach, we're pretty excited about this. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to be talking with you guys. I'm excited myself. This is uh, this is a big big step, big moment in the podcast. Uh, having a, a guest of your stature on here. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> they might say more about the podcast than you, Coach. <laughs> uh, Wes, do you want to get started? Or do you want me to start? We got some well, tough questions. We got some good questions. <clears throat> Most of these uh, we have we've given you a little bit of a heads up on. There's a few that we're going to sprinkle in, non-controversial. <laughs> But um, let's let's get right to it. I think the question that, that I want answered more than any, and that a lot of the listeners probably do too, I don't think anybody cares, Coach, about who the best player you've ever coached was. I want to I want to pose a hypothetical because I think this is what the listeners want to know. Say there's three seconds left in a scrimmage between the gray team and the black team. The gray team has the ball. They're down one. In all of your years at Worcester – which gray team player would you want to draw up that last shot for to, to give the gray team a chance to, to beat the black team? Well, when you talk about the gray team in practice, my first thought is to the 0203 team gray team. Um, my, my memories are great about that great gray team. We did a lot of um, black, white, gray competition and one thing we did a lot of smitty you'll remember this was consecutive stops the team on defense would have to get five consecutive stops well that year we did a lot of the gray team would be offense all the time and the black team and the white team would alternate on defense if the black team needed to get five stops consecutive and then the white team would come on, and they'd have to get five stops consecutive. Well, my memory is such that the black team, which you were on, Smitty, you and Nelson, mm-hmm. you would often get four stops. And then <laughs> Isaac Ward would jump up and knock one in. <laughs> Coach, you, you clearly have a faulty memory. <laughs> or Wes White would knock one in, or Wade Martin, or Joey Agler. I I see. I I I certainly. (laughs) You guys would hit those shots, and how mad Nelson would get. That was the best watching Nelson react. (laughs) Nelson was so competitive, and he wanted to win everything he did. And when he worked hard and got four stops, and then one of you guys would, would knock one in, that was that was great. Well, I, I certainly remember those. Um, I, I don't, however, remember Ward ever contributing. Uh, I remember a lot of shots from Wade and Wes and Joey. Yeah, Coach, you, know, uh, you do know that Ward's going to post this on J.J. Huddle. Well, you know, we got to give Isaac some credit. <laughs> you know, do we? We have to. No, I know. I agree. Hey, guys, you, you must – you got to remember when we got ready to play Wittenberg and B.J. Harris – B.J. Harris is a big, strong man, left-handed, great talent, and we had to get ready for that guy. And how did I, how well did Isaac do on the, on that scout team? Remember, we always had that red vest to put on him. Yep. You guys remember the red vest? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
and Isaac would just get so fired up. <laughs> he up that day and he had those special socks that he wore. I forget what color they were. Maybe they were red. And he would come out psyched up and just be a great B.J. Harris. <laughs> he, he did do a good job of uh, impersonating uh, B.J.'s game. I think Isaac would probably, if, if we gave him a chance to uh, talk about it, would tell you that he had more inside-outside talent than what B.J. did. But um, cer- certainly gave us a good look. He did. But those are my memories of the great team, Wes. To answer your question, any one of you guys could jump up and hit that key shot for the great team. I know you could. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Coach, what, what was the most memorable game or moment from your Worcester days? Oh, man. That, there's just so many. You can't pick one. There are just so many great memories, um, great teams, great players, great guys, 30-plus years, guys. I mean, how can, I, how can you have one memory? Um, all the times that we uh, – but the times that we would win in the Elite Eight, of course, was, will always stand out because you're going to the Final Four, right? I mean, you guys remember mm-hmm. And of course, uh, when we beat Ramapo and, and when we were going to the Final Four, and, and the same thing in '07 when we went up at up at St. John Fisher, and then when we beat Whitworth in '11. But I mean, other teams too. I mean, we everybody talks about those three teams, but we had some great memories with other teams. Winning conference tournaments—it's always special. We, we won a lot. We've won a lot of conference tournaments, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Conference. Anytime you win the conference tournament, it's a, it's a special, special feeling. Some were great feelings because some of those years we were not going to get in the, the national tournament if we did not win the conference tournament. A lot of years we knew we, we would be getting in. A lot of years it was pretty certain. But when we won it in 92-93, uh, we, we finished third, I think, in the conference Brian Buchanan's senior year, he was the MVP of the conference tournament. That was pretty special when we won it that year because we would have been sitting home. And the two teams that finished ahead of us, Wittenberg and Allegheny, they sat home. I think we were the only team that went. Oh, wow. 96-97, the year that Woody transferred in, we won the conference tournament. I think we were third. We were the third seed behind Wittenberg and Denison. And we won the conference tournament and got to play in the national tournament. We would have sat home if we had not won that. So those kinds of years, the oh oh the two thousand one, the two thousand two thousand one your senior year guys, when we won at Wittenberg, we would have sat home. You know that, right? We had to win that conference tournament. That was a special tournament victory. There's no doubt about it. Coach, um, can I have you clarify one thing for our listeners? Yes. You mentioned the Ramapo game. <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a certain player that's been given credit for shutting down Truck. And truck. Uh, this, this guy, he was, he was a big difference in that game, but I don't think that he guarded Truck for one possession. Um, Kyle Watucky has been given credit for shutting the Truck down. Can you just clarify maybe for our listeners that that didn't happen? Um, well, of course, we all know that Brian Nelson went in and made the layup to put us ahead, right? Yep. 
and landed on the on the opponent's foot. One of those big guys who he shut down all night long. I don't think either one of those six ten Division One transfers scored, but Nelson scored that go ahead bucket and, and t- tore those ligaments in his ankle. And he sat down. Well, they still had the they had a chance. Rampo had the chance, and they were going to go to truck. And, and who did you say was Garden Truck on that possession? Uh, I don't I don't think it was Kyle. Is that is that what people are saying? <laughs> no. There, there, there was an article recently. I think it was on the All Decade team where he was credited with shutting down uh, the truck in that tournament game. Well, and coach, coach, as you can imagine, we caught wind of that article, and now we have we have further revised history. So not only did Kyle shut down truck, he he magically healed Nelson's ankle. He dropped about fifty points on Ramapo without a single turnover, and we you know we've built we've built a legend here. Uh, those stories have really been enhanced, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of speaking of the final four teams, coach, um, I, I wonder if if you have a memory from each of those three years. I know every season was special, and there's been dozens, if not hundreds, of really awesome guys that have come through the program. But uh, one one memory of a play, a player, a game, a road trip from from each of those three final four teams that really uh, resonates with you still. Well, of course, there's some great memories on the court. Of course, um, we already talked about the play that Nels made when he got hurt, made that bucket. Um, and then um, 07, some great plays, of course. Um, we we won that game up at um, St. John Fisher to go in the Elite Eight against Brockport to, to go to the Final Four. Uh, those plays on the court stand out for sure. Um, that year, Tim Vandervaart uh, broke his arm and missed a lot of games, but came back for the tournament, and uh, we were able to get there. In 2011, um, of course, everyone remembers the comeback against Williams in the semifinal game. And, of course, um, what a great memory of in the Elite Eight game when when Warrensy drove the baseline and slammed it two-handed, and their Division One transfer, the National Player of the Year, was caught on picture, just was looking up at Warrensy, staring at him when Warrensy made the play of the game. But anyway, those pl- plays on the court were great, but there are also some funny stories too. Um, not so much funny, but just great memory stories. And the, the one for your team, guys, that I remember happened the spring before the season even started. We were out in the track meet, the College of Worcester track meet. My daughter Emma was running in the track meet. <laughs> and I think, we were, I think Oberlin was there. Was it Oberlin? I can't remember. Oberlin. I remember the story, but I don't remember who, who the meet was against. It was probably Oberlin based on some memory. Um, but they had – the other team had some guys running that had pink hair and orange hair and stuff. <laughs> and I remember you guys saying to me, Coach, if we win the national championship this next year, will you dye your hair like those guys? And I said, yes, I would. You did, and we were close, man. Man, we were close. I, w- I wish I would have had to dye my hair. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, but that, that's a, that's, it's a good memory because um, it showed that what thoughts were in your minds. And I think that's uh, one thing that all three of those teams had. 
that desire. Um, the 07 year, a lot of great memories, but um, we were playing in the, in the late stages of the tournament before the Final Four, and one of the assistant coaches remembers another one of the other that remembers one of the other coaches. We, we we won't name any names, and I'm not sure I even know which coach it was, but really let the one of the opposing players know that his season was over, right down at the end of the game, just saying, "Buddy, goodbye, your season's over." And Worcester usually doesn't trash talk, but I guess that happened from what I heard. <laughs> but um, I don't know if you guys have any idea who that coach might have been. I, I do not. I might have just a small inkling of who it might be. <laughs> well, in the 2011 season, of course, we had to come back against Williams and Warren's dunk. But I also remember, I think that one night, some guys were banging doors. And it wasn't 4 o'clock in the morning, of course, but maybe even 11.30, 11 o'clock. And um, in the hotel and... The uh, front desk called the room. Of course, I was I'd been sleeping for a couple of hours, but Jane had to answer the phone, and and then they, she was told some Worcester players are making too much noise, banging the doors. Nothing terrible, mind you, but just keeping others awake. So Jane had to go out, knock on the doors in her pajamas, and tell the guys, "Hey, let's keep it down, fellas. We don't want to wake other people up." So that's a memory I had off the court of that season. Who was the ringleader of that? Do you know? Probably I, Klein. I can't. No, no. <laughs> it was the players. <laughs> and I, as I reminisced, Jane said, I think it might have happened in 03. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like the mature group of guys in 02, 03. It does not. Certainly does not. She kind of, thought, she kind of remembered <laughs> Wes Wright being. Oh, coach, I will, I will take blame for a lot of things, but I think Smitty and everybody else on that team can attest that I don't stay up much past 11 p.m. ever. So I can, I can promise you that was not me. Well, it must have happened in the 11. Uh, it, could, it could have been 930. I, maybe that, I'd be guilty of that. All right. But yeah, great memories, guys, off and on the court. Well, we're going to shift gears on you just a little bit. Um, besides the broken toilet and the lower level of Timken, what was the most stunning display of vandalism during Camp Fighting Scott that oh, you encountered? The toilet. That that thing was so, quite an incident. <laughs> Camp Scott, I was involved for 30-some years, and Camp Fighting Scott's been going on for 50 years. Um, the toilet thing, my golly. That was quite a <laughs> I was on the mezzanine teaching shooting and the other coach was running the games and the campers came rushing into the gym. Coaches, coaches, the toilet broke and water is gushing out <laughs> all over the bathroom. And I went down there and sure enough, the bathroom was flooded. The restroom was flooded. And we got the plumber in there, but it took forever to get it fixed. That, that was one of the Biggest stories in Camp Fighting Scott history. <laughs> it's got to be up there. But, uh, uh, otherwise, we you know we don't have vandalism at the camp. Um, campers get into little minor things here and there, but over the years, nothing bad has happened really. But that toilet incident, we'll remember that forever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Were you aware that some of your counselors used to mess with the campers back in the dorms? Well, 
you know how we always say on Sunday of camp when we come when we check in. I talk to the to the college guys about the experience that we want to have the camp we we want the campers to have, and of course you know we want them to learn basketball. Teaching is a big part of it, and also have a lot of fun. Fun is a lot, big part of camp, and a big part of the fun is the is the college guys relating to the campers. And over the years, our college guys have done a great job relating to the campers, teaching them, having fun with them, but not crossing the line. And any messing you guys did with them, I know you did it in a good way. You made sure that they had a good experience and a positive, enjoyable experience and uh, helped them as basketball players and as young men. Yeah, it was Coach Yader that used to mess with me when I, when I came to Camp Fighting Scott. Oh, Mike Yader? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mike, Mike was a funny guy always, and um, I'm sure he, uh, you guys uh, had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, Coach, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, we keep talking about the, our year. Obviously, we're a little biased, but you had the team over to your house for dinner uh, when we were on Christmas break. And to set the stage a little bit, when I was home for Thanksgiving, my mom made us take a picture uh, for the family Christmas card, and yeah. we were all wearing matching plaid pajamas. And, you know, I, maybe most people don't know this, but, but you, um, you coached my uncle at Wittenberg, who was yep. my mom's brother. And so my parents actually went on a trip to Europe with, with you and Jane and that Wittenberg team. So you, you know my parents fairly well. And anyway, we come over to your house for dinner, and the embarrassing Christmas card picture is front and center on your fridge. And I don't, I don't remember anything else being on your fridge. So I've been, I've been sitting on this question for almost 20 years. Was that – placed there intentionally and did you only have that card on the fridge for that one night well um i know that i did not place the picture on the fridge <laughs> so did you just throw jane under the bus there coach <laughs> my first thought is it could have been beth oh that, okay all right it's, 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 that, that was my first thought um but the more i th- think about it jane is in charge of the fridge in pictures <laughs> I think it's an honor. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm more honored to have been on your fridge than, than have our team picture in the trophy case. I, I think you should feel very good about that picture being on the fridge. I appreciate it. Jane Moore, put that picture on the fridge. That's an honor, Wes. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was one of the good moments, memories from, from Coach's house. I can remember a film session after a Wittenberg game that, that wasn't quite so fond. Well, um, we had that at my house because we knew how long it was going to be, right? <laughs> it was going to be more than 20 minutes, and we wanted to make sure you guys were able to be somewhat comfortable, physically anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that film session preceded um, that conference tournament championship that we talked about. In- I believe it. Yeah, I believe it did. Yep. Yeah, that was a good film session. Speaking of uh, Wittenberg and games at Wittenberg, there's there's a moment down there that still uh, still haunts me. Have you ever seen a worse call than than the Rustad Greg Rustad finger roll foul call from the three point line in in O two with uh, less than ten seconds in the game? Well, if that was not the worst call in the history of college basketball, it ranks right up there with it. Um, <laughs> that was devastating to us because. Um, the guy just flung his body into Hugh Smitty, and um, 
it was an unbelievable call that the guy got three shots. I mean, that's a no call in today's game. Um, to emphasize that verticality, uh, defense allowed to go straight up, which you did. Offense jumps in, it's a no call at, or a foul on the offense. But that's the last, that's the last season that we have not been in the national tournament, 0-1-0-2. And that's why that call was such so devastating because it ended our season. Yeah. Did you ever see that official after that? I, I, all the games I've been to and, and coached in and, and watched, I've never seen that official again. I think he might have officiated one more season and it was out of the game after that. I think we might have had him one more time. Do you think, Coach, do you think he was worse than Rufner as a practice official? What do you, where would you rank Rufner's practice officiating? Well, you know, our <laughs> coach always do a really good job of, of officiating in practice. And Patrick, over the years, that was one of his best contributions, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sw- switching gears a little bit, what, if, you, if you can remember, what's the most ridiculous question – that you've been asked by a recruit's mom or dad on a recruiting visit. You don't have to tell us the, the kid or the parent, but have there, has there been any just ridiculous questions or requests? You know, I, I can't think of one. That's good. For certain, not of a, any mother of, of a player that came, came to Worcester, but I, I can't think of any. But um, getting back to that uh, 01-02 season, uh, the, you know, the, the way that ended – I think that was a huge reason why you guys were so motivated to get to Salem the next year. I think that was a big, huge reason. Uh, mind about it. Uh, I would certainly 100% agree with you. Um, and, and also, and not just because he's on this podcast and, and one of my best friends, but Wes was a huge reason in, in the success that we had that following season. And I think that game is really what, got him so to want to be a part of it yeah well, i i will i will say the second part of that is very true i mean i remember watching you and nels not go to the ncaa tournament and thinking that's not okay for you guys as seniors i don't know that uh i, I was significant contributor other than maybe giving kyle and rodney some some confidence as they repeatedly drove by me in practice every day but that was definitely a motivating factor for me well you, you, you know, you brought up the um, team cohesiveness, and that was, that's been so important over the years for us. When we've had our best teams and, and uh, our really good teams, team cohesion has been so important. The camaraderie, the love that the players have had for one another. And your team that year, 0203, certainly had that. And, Wes, you were a big part of that without a doubt, your enthusiasm. The support that you gave to the other guys was awesome. We had, we had other guys on the team that way. And then the the team that went to the Final Four in 10-11 had some guys like that. You can think of Caleb Reed, a senior who didn't play that much. Great support. And the 07 team, the freshmen that year didn't play much at all. We had really didn't have new, new players playing like we did with Kyle in 03, but um, Dustin Getchy was a freshman that year, and those guys were very supportive. So it takes more than the stars. We know that. And it takes more than the starters and the guys that are on the court. 
big part of our success over the years has been the, the, the support that and the enthusiasm and the encouragement and the love that guys have had for one another. And, and we really appreciate that out of you, Wes. That's for sure. Well, I appreciate it. But, Coach, this, is, this isn't about me. This is about you. So, Smitty, let's keep him on the hot seat. Yeah, and this one, uh, this Fire one, I, I think <laughs> this is going to be a tough question for you. Where are you at with uh, the Jordan or LeBron debate? Which well, one's the better player? Which one are you taking to start a team? Very appropriate question um, because of, of the last dance series that's been on. And also because in recent years, um, we've had discussions. This year was really – there was a lot of discussions with the players and the coaches. Um, these young guys, you know, they, of course, they, you know, they thought they, – they've been thinking LeBron's the best, or they talk about Steph Curry. And these guys are great players, of course. But Coach Klein and I always maintain, hey, Jordan's the best player. Coach Klein would throw in Larry Bird you know, in, the, in the same sense. And I, I, I throw in Bill Russell. Because Bill Russell won 11 titles, and I'm old enough to watch Bill Russell. When I was in high school, that was great. Watch. That guy was a winner. But um, I, I predicted after watching this, uh, the first four, I think, uh, of the last dance shows, that these young guys that played for us and young people in general will change their minds. And I think I'm right. Just last week, Keon Scott, our, our senior-to-be guard, who loves Steph Curry and sang the praise of all these present players. I asked Keon last week on the phone, Keon, have you been watching Michael Jordan's shows? He says, Coach, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever touch. <laughs> and I think that these young people are seeing it, don't you guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's to me, it, it, it depends on what question you ask It's who's, who's the best player. Who's the best athlete. I mean, I think you could make a really strong case that LeBron's a better passer, better rebounder, maybe more physically gifted, but I don't think he had that, that burning desire. I don't know that anybody had that burning desire to win and to try to lift up his teammates uh, like Jordan did. And, and the guy just, I mean, he flat out won. Yes. And just in terms of skill, He's more skilled, all-around basketball player. He, yeah, and uh, and defense and just just name it, just all-around player. He, he's the best ever in my in my opinion. Yeah, and your your opinion means something. Um, we're we're switching gears a little, but uh, I I remember reading there was an article in the the Worcester paper about you uh, a couple of months ago that that touched on this a little bit. But I'm curious if you were ever really tempted to leave Worcester for a larger program and, and there's kind of two parts to this question. When you went to Wittenberg, had a successful career at the time you played there were Worcester and Witt big rivals. And if so, did that give you any sort of pause before you came to Worcester in the first place? Okay. Well, first answer the first question. No, I've never had the desire to leave Worcester to coach in division one. Um, really, if you want to go, if you want to be a head coach in in Division One, you need to be an assistant coach in Division One. Over the years, a few guys here and there go from being Division Three head coach to Division One head coach. Uh, my mentor Larry Hunter did that. My college coach Bob Hamilton did that. But um, it's unusual, especially now. If I wanted that way, way back, I would have taken the path of being Division One assistant, which I did not want to do. 
And I really just above being at work over the years, coaching great young men. We've had a great situation where we, we have players who are good enough to win and win big and are also quality people, and you can't beat that. To answer the second question, no, the Wittenberg-Worcester rivalry is not like it is now. Back when I played, it was the Ohio Conference. There was no North Coast Athletic Conference. All of those, most of those OAC teams, uh, like Capital and Otterbein, Muskingum and Marietta, were all in the Ohio Conference. Wittenberg was in the Ohio Conference. Worcester, Ohio Wesleyan, Kenyon, Denison. You had a 14-team league. And you had a southern division and a northern division. And while you would play some teams, we were in the southern division as a player at Wittenberg, we would play some northern division teams in the regular season. The tournament, you come down to the conference tournament, you would have a separate northern division tournament and a southern division tournament. And so really, the, the rivalries that were big were Wittenberg and Capital, Wittenberg and Otterbein. Those were huge rivals. Worcester had more rivalries with Mount Union and Kenyon Northern teams. Well, we did play Worcester my junior year, regular season, and we won by about 15, I think, early in the year at Worcester. But the most devastating loss I had as a player at Wittenberg was at the end of that year, we won the Southern Division Tournament. We played Capital and Otterbein, who were great teams. Uh, Muskingum was in the Southern Division. Those were the top four teams overall standings. Worcester was a 500 team, but they got hot. They won the Northern Division, and we lost to Worcester at Denison in the tournament championship. A lot of old-time Worcester fans will remember that. But um, when it came to coaching at Worcester, it had nothing to do with uh, any decision on my part. The, the rivalry, Worcester-Wittenberg rivalry, as we know it now today, had not begun yet. But um, just to add a little bit there, we had beaten University of Pittsburgh that year when I was a junior at Wittenberg. It was an awesome victory. And we had beaten Capital at the end of the year, but Worcester got an at-large bid to the tournament. Capital got in. I'm sorry, Worcester won that automatic bid by beating us. Capital got in over us, and that was devastating. Very similar to that loss that uh, you guys suffered, we suffered when you guys were junior Smitty. Mm -hmm. But it motivated us, and the next year we got back in there and won the conference tournament. And at that time, guys, I don't know how, people, how many people would be interested in this, there was no Division Three when I played. It was great. It was college division. You were in with all the Division Twos, even though we didn't have scholarships. And we played at Evansville, that in the in the regional tournament that year, who was college division, and they're now Division One. But the game was different then. But to answer your question, no, the, the rivalry was not like it, like it is now. I feel like the turning point was probably when Artie Taylor used to show Doug up um, in those <laughs> tailored suits. <laughs> <laughs> Artie was there when you played, right? Yep. And um, I'm not sure when that rivalry really got real strong, but I guess when it, year after year it came down to primarily Worcester and Wittenberg for the conference, 
and that's when it really heated up. I think it even started really once Wittenberg came into the league and uh, I guess it was 89, 90. And, um, it's, and then it just got a little more intense each year. Yeah. Well, you've obviously seen and experienced a lot in the years you've been involved in the game. Um, what advice would you give Doug as kind of a, he's not really a new coach, but a new head coach uh, getting ready to, to start out there. And then also um, young players that strive to play at that level. Well, I'm not sure that I can give Doug any advice. Uh, we've coached together for so long. He knows uh, so much about coaching and I've given him advice. He's given me advice. Um, so he's ready. He's going to do a great job as the, as the head coach. He's, and you guys have heard me say many times, over the last several years, it's like we've had two head coaches. Um, but to answer the second part of your question, young players, um, well, number one, if you want to keep moving up and play at the next level, especially if you want to go to college, if you're a high school guy, academics without a doubt. I mean, don't limit yourself by not being a good student. Be the best student you can be. You have more options. You can get into more colleges. Then you won't be limited in your choices. But as far as basketball, spend the time working individual skills. Everybody loves to play games in the summers, in the off season, and, and that's important. You got to play the game. Got to learn how to compete. But so many young guys just play and don't practice their shooting, their ball handling, their skills. And I think that's even true of college guys. And that's what we tell our guys before they head home for the summer: work on your skills, work on your ball handling, your shooting. Get those repetitions in, Coach. We've got a we've got a listener email question for you. This comes from uh, M Bidwell near Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with anybody that might go by that name, but he he asks if you you you've had three teams advance to the Final Four. Uh, unfortunately, all of them came home without winning a national title. But which of these teams lost to the best opponent? This sounds like kind of a trap question. <laughs> well, I, maybe I can set the stage a little bit. Uh, you know, Marty moved to Washington, D.C. after he graduated. And, and Em and I lived there uh, at the time. And you put us in touch. And we became really good buddies and um, had several debates over whether his Final Four team or my Final Four team was the better of the Final Four teams. Uh, to the point where he, he made a fake email that he wow. pretended was from you. And he forwarded it to me, and it basically said it – it sounded very much like you, but it said that, that he, you thought his team was better. And I was so irate that I forwarded the email to you, and I copied Marty, and it turns out you had never seen the email before. Marty called me like two seconds after, and had, we had a good laugh about it. But he, he did seriously ask this question. <laughs> yes. It doesn't surprise me this, this guy is such an intelligent guy. <laughs> The whole, the whole email thing that he did with you shows you what he can think of. Well, that's why I thought this must be a trap question by our good friend and intelligent guy down there, Marty Bidwell. But um, all three teams that beat us were very, very good teams. Um, I don't think I could pick one over the other, just like I cannot pick our three teams, one, any one over the other. Now, by, fi by final score one might think that, well, St. Thomas is the best of the three, the team that we lost to in, in 11. And they were outstanding. But um, I think that final score was 
we don't want to make excuses, but you know, Wick and and uh, Bolt got injured in the in the semifinals against Williams. They were hobbling, and um, that particular year, the finals, the final game was played at three o'clock in the afternoon because of TV. They don't do that anymore, and they did, did not do that before that. And we don't want to make excuses. St. Thomas is the best best team in, in the country that year. But I don't think the final score was really indicative of how much better they were than us. So I really don't think that I can say that St. Thomas is better than the Williams team that beat us in 03 or the Amherst team. So Marty and you guys, I think all, through, all three of those teams are great teams. And I don't think we can judge our teams by who we play against. It seems to be a common theme that when we uh, when Worcester gets down there to Salem, it's uh, the injury bug strikes, which which is uh, you know on one hand we've always been fortunate to have healthy seasons up to that point, but yeah, uh, you talk about what could have been if those injuries don't happen, and it uh, it's a little bit different picture, I think. You know, you don't want to make excuses, that's for sure. But you know, we've we lost to some great teams, and of course, all three were national champions. And then, you know, well, I've got the opportunity. I'd like to talk about some of the other Worcester teams that 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 maybe didn't get to the Final Four or get real, real far in the tournament. But please do. We lost great teams. The first time we played in the national tournament in 1991, Mark Stanley and Tim Sutherland were seniors, we played a Calvin team. They did not win the national tournament that year, but they, they were awfully good. The next year, they won it with Steve Honder, who was a great player, passed up Division One scholarships. He was a junior on that team that beat us. We had to play at Calvin in the first round in 1991. In 91-92, when, when Eric Reby was a senior and Doug Klein was a freshman, we had a great team. We set the most wins in school history. Had a heartbreaking loss to Otterbein when they hit dagger shots at the end of the game. And, you know, there's just – you remember all these tough losses that happened uh, again uh, Coach Klein's senior year, 94-95. We had a great team again, and we had a heartbreaking loss uh, when we had the game in hand. So we had some other really good teams besides the three that made it the Final Four. The, the Ellenwood Gorman years, uh, our 99 team, lost to Hampton-Sydney at Hampton-Sydney in the Sweet 16. They went on to lose in the championship to Bo Ryan's Platteville team. That 99 team we had was really good. And, and Woody and Keaton senior year in 2000, those guys are – that was a great team. Smitty, you were on that team? Yep, yep. That was my freshman year. We had to go to Calvin and play them the first round, was it? Yep. And, and they won the national title. That was a good team. That was a great team. Yep. And we, you know, you get a different draw that year, we could have ended up in Salem. And, you know, you don't want to make excuses for anybody, but a lot of it's a draw, but we've had some other really good teams, and, and I'm not taking anything away from our Final Four teams, but I, I like to give credit to some of these other guys that did a great job. Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you did, and I know we we were there, you know, for a rel- relatively small window of your phenomenal career. But I mean, I, I I've learned a lot from watching Peden and Woody as a freshman, even though I wasn't a, a contributor on the varsity team. I mean, you learn from the people that came before you, and 
those guys set a standard. Um, we got a couple breaks against Ramapo that maybe earlier teams didn't get. I mean, it, it's you've had a lot of really talented teams. Yeah, so those, those guys did a great job. And as you said, really uh, set an example for following players. Um, the 92-93 team that Brian Buchanan led as, as, as a, we, we won that conference tournament, we had to go right away and play Ohio Northern. And uh, they won the national title that year. So, and then Smitty, you, you know, too, um, when Wash U won their first national title, we had to play them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Santa. Um, so we've had some really good teams that might not have made it, but I uh, want to give those guys credit. And uh, really, I want to take this opportunity to thank all the players that played for us in 33 years and worked hard. Some, everybody. Great attitudes, unselfish players. Um, we've had a lot of unselfish players over the years. Uh, the three teams that made it to the Final Four, certainly great camaraderie, togetherness. Uh, at number 24 on that team, the first one, 03, Smitty. You were unselfish all the way through your career. Your sophomore year, that year that we won that conference tournament, you were, you were a, a, kind of a skinny wingman playing the four spot and battling that <laughs> against B.J. Thomas. And, with, with, a, with a football thigh pad on his ribs, if I recall. He took a lot of beatings, Smitty. I, I did take a lot. Me and Tom Love were <laughs> on first-name basis for sure. Yep. And then we had another number 24 on that 017, Devin Falk, who – was as unselfish as anybody we ever had. Devin was a great sixth man for years. He would have been a starter on any other team around, and uh, he never complained about being a sixth man. Just had a great career, 1,000-point score. Um, we had another number 24. seemed like those number 24s are special, unselfish guys on the 11 team, Justin Warrens. Justin was such a... So unselfish guy with his defense, with his defensive approach, just didn't care if he shot ever or not. Just gave his body up on defense and guarded the other team's best guy. What a great guy Warrens he was for us. Mm-hmm. So the number 24 guys are pretty special, but all of the players that wish to have been special. I love all you guys listening out there. And, um, just um, I can't thank you enough. Well, Coach, I mean, I think you see how close all of us are, and it's a direct reflection of uh, the culture that you built. Um, you were able to recruit like-minded guys and, and mold them into the guys that wanted to sacrifice and uh, become unselfish for the betterment of the team. And um, true testament to, to what you built there is uh, what I, I believe all of us are. Well, it's really special for me, Smitty. I mean, winning games and championships and going to the Final Four and all those things were great, but nothing's better than relationships that have been established with you guys, with each other. And I'm just so happy to be continue to have good relationships with all the former players. I really appreciate being be I really appreciate being included in your Zoom meetings, your tournaments. It's just a lot of fun for me to to know how much fun you guys are having together. And it's also great to see, as you mentioned on these podcasts before, how guys at 20 years apart didn't play with one another or blended together. 
there's a link. There's a, there, those links are in that chain are true Worcester family. Mm-hmm. Guys that graduated in 92 even are friends with guys that just graduated recently. And yeah. it's really neat. Um, I'm glad you didn't bring up the other common theme with the 24s, um, and we won't we won't get into that. I think most of the listeners probably know what I'm referring to there. Um, one of the 24s had a lot worse than the other ones, I think. But okay, um, <laughs> we're uh, we're going to do something a little bit different now, um, something we haven't done with any of our other guests, and we're going to go with some rapid fire questions for you. Okay, real, real quick. But yep. So you were looking what? just uh, you yeah. know for. One to five, five words. Five answers. Words. Yeah, five words yeah. max. Well, let, let me say this first. There's one one other 24. He's only with us one year, but he wore 24 in a Worcester uniform, Mark Kuyper, and uh, another special 24. Mm-hmm. We'd like to remember tonight. Absolutely. You want five five word answers Is it, or five word questions? You're limited to five words. We, we oh don't want you. We don't want you politicking your way out of some of these tough questions, Coach. That's pretty hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. We'll, we'll start. We'll start with an easy one for you. Did you prefer the black or the gold unis? Um, black. Who, who is the toughest opposing NCAC player to prepare for? Oh man, I don't know. There've been so many. Oh man, there's just so many. No, no one just jumps right out. Did Did you ever have one guy score forty on you more than once? Uh, Josh Estel. Yeah, <laughs> that's my vote. Did he do it more than once? He was. That guy he, was tough. He got us. He got us twice for forty. He was. But we, yep. We We made him earn it. Yep. And they didn't beat us, so did they? No, they did not. <laughs> Smitty, I've, I've, sw- I've switched some of these questions since I sent them to you, so I, you might Whitberg, be surprised. I'm sorry. Whitberg had a lot of great ones, but Dan Russ, the big man, Dan Russ. A doctor. Yeah. He was tough. He was hard to guard. In the early years, Brad Baldridge, another 6'10 guy, he was as good as anybody, I think. He was before your time, but he was, he was on Whitberg's team when they first came into the league. Brad Baldridge, he was a great one. Coach, we're completely switching gears with this next question, uh, and I will be duly impressed if you answer it correctly. But I believe you and Jane were high school sweethearts, and I've heard from a reliable source that your friends at Wittenberg used to call her the Queen or Queenie. So what color was Queenie's prom dress? Well, I, Five think, words. Our first, I think our first date was uh, <laughs> junior year prom. I think it was white with some blue on it. Wow. And senior year, white with some yellow. Look at you. I, I did hear from my same source that there was yellow involved in the senior year prom dress. I, I'm, I'm remarkably impressed. Well, that is impressive. I guess pictures help our memory a little bit. <laughs> uh, staying in high school, what subject did Jane do more of your homework in, math or Science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> who is a better basketball player, Evan Will or his brother, who you apparently tried to recruit for a single game a few years ago? <laughs> Got you with that one, didn't I? What was the question? <laughs> Who's a better basketball player, Evan Will or his brother, who you tried to poach from the stands before a game a few years ago? I just couldn't tell him apart. 
I told, I told, his, I told his brother to get into the locker room. <laughs> I guess that's true, Evan. Evan, Evan said it's true. <laughs> but from, from also hearing from Evan, he's a much better basketball player. So you recruited the white or the right Will brother. Good to know. <laughs> Favorite camp fighting Scott phrase? Well, it comes from Coach Chris Adams. You know that guy? He was yeah. a great part of our your coach in high school, Coach Rodney Mitchell. Um, if you – how does that go in the evening? If you hoot with the owls? If you hoot with the owls in the evening, you better be ready to soar with the eagles in the morning. <laughs> that comes from Coach Chris Adams. If, if you weren't a coach, what profession do you think you would have pursued? Um, boy, that's a tough one. Well, I think you chose the right profession. I mean, you've done it well, and there's nothing else that uh, really you were passionate about. Sure, what else I could do? Well, how about this? If you couldn't coach basketball, what sport would you coach? Because I think Smitty and I would like to think it's bowling because you really improved our, our average bowling scores back in the day. I would Very have true. Guys has a bowling varsity team. Um, yeah. I sure couldn't coach golf. That's, we, we know that. <laughs> Who won more games in handball, you or Coach Klein? <laughs> well, in the early years, it was me. But at the end, he became a monster. I created a monster. <laughs> overall, but probably you overall? Well, I don't, I don't know how many years it took before he we could start whipping me, but when he did, he won all the time. <laughs> but in the beginning, it was fun because uh, he had no experience. I had all kinds of experience. And I was winning all the time, but as I said, once he learned, once he learned, he, I couldn't beat him. <laughs> uh, what's your what was your favorite opposing NCAC gym to coach in? Is there one that you just enjoyed the atmosphere or the gym or anything? Um, it was fun to go to Wabash. I think because of those guys, the fans and the striped suits, and and it was neat. You guys remember. Um, some great victories there. And the one that stands out in, mind, in my mind more than any is, uh, when, you know how they always were on that one side of the gym right across from our bench, and they would reach out and try to pinch you and come on the court and almost grab you when you ran by. But then one game, we, it was very end, and Nelson's going to the line. He had to hit both of them for us to win. That whole section moved from the sideline to the end zone bleachers where nobody sat usually. Coach, I, I remember, but but Nelson, my, in my memory, Nelson stepped off the line and waved those guys to the end. And then I looked <laughs> up in the stands and I saw his dad and brother doing the same thing. And I was like, he better hit these free throws. <laughs> well, I don't remember him waving them over. I do remember him making both of them. And each time he just stared at them. Yep. He stared. Uh, he knew he was going to make That's it. That's right. That that was obviously a very good memory. Um, but another great memory from that game was when they put Isaac in his place. <laughs> I don't know if you even knew that, Coach, but uh, they, they nicknamed him Stat Boy for that game. I did not know that. He was holding a clipboard pregame, <laughs> and that and then uh, they, they wrote him the whole game. That's all right. I was, I was nicknamed Ollie over at Otterbon, or at uh, Allegheny, so you know, what are you going to do? 
favorite high school gym that you ever went into? Boy. Um, well, the Fieldhouse at Eli is pretty special, pretty unique. I agree. I agree. All by itself. Um, I love watch, watching games there. Um, saw you play there. Saw Rodney play there. And, um, yeah, it's pretty special. If you had to stay in a dorm for a week at Camp Fighting Scott, which dorm would you put yourself in? Oh, man. Um, I guess Holden. Smart. Good, yeah, good proximity nice over to Lowry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why we always wanted that. After several years, we finally got in there. Uh, a lot of years over in Andrews before your time. Last question, Coach. Um, best restaurant in Worcester? Oh, man. Well, Jay and I like going down to CW. It's down there on uh, Main Street. But uh, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but uh, I think that might be our favorite. Nice. I know Smitty's got a sponsor, but I, I coach just want to say I'm, I'm just so appreciative, not only of you being willing to come on here and, and chat with us, but of all you, you gave to Worcester and the program you built. And I think everybody listening here has learned a lot from you. You know, you've been a teacher and a coach to, to so many people. And the last year has been absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm sure you uh, never envisioned retiring amidst the pandemic uh, when the tournament's canceled and students are, are, are away from campus. So I don't know. I mean, as you've transitioned to retirement, you know, people will never stop learning from you and, and asking you for advice. So if there's anything you've learned in the last six, 12 months that uh, you would impart on the listeners, I, it might not be anything that comes to mind, but I, I'm just curious. Well, I think, um, you know, stay connected with people, even though we've had to We've been locked into homes. Um, stay connected, which you guys have done a great job of with your Zoom meetings. Um, that's been awesome. Like I said, I've enjoyed checking in with you. Um, so, yeah, stay in touch with others, which fortunately with the technology we have today, we can do that. Um, but also, you know, I think it's important to reach out to others, some people maybe who you haven't talked to in years take this opportunity to do that, especially some who you might be concerned about, elderly folks who are lonely, and um, call them and reach out to them and make sure they're doing okay and just let them know that how much you care for them, how much they meant to you in your lifetime, and that you love them. So I think... Um, those are things that are important in this time that we we have to realize those things. Well, Coach, we, we appreciate you being on. Um, appreciate your time. Um, I do have to give a quick shout to our sponsor, uh, New Mexican Restaurant coming to Worcester, Tough Hombres. Um, I'm sure that you'll be a frequent guest there. And, and if you are, I know Doug will. Um, he, he, yes. Frequents the one out there on Cleveland Road quite a bit. Yes, Coach Klein does like that, that type of restaurant. <laughs> well, we we appreciate everything you've um, you've done. I feel very fortunate to have been able to tell people that I, I played for you. 
Um, enjoyed my four years there. Wish I could do them over again. Uh, for you know, they say college should be the best four years of your life, and um, I'd be hard pressed to say it wasn't. Not that I didn't like the rest of my life, but um, those four years were really special. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Smitty. And you know, for as a coach, that's that's the best thing that can happen is to have the your former players tell you that they had a great experience. That's our major goal when when we're coaching is for our players to have a positive, enjoyable experience, be able to look back on that experience as best years of their lives. And uh, to have you say that, that means a lot, Smitty. And Wes, thanks so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. And I'll continue to listen to all your podcasts. They're really fun. The pleasure is all ours at this point, Coach, so thank you. Absolutely. Um, Coach, do 